the swimmers that will perform the best in Tokyo, that will be the swimmers that was that were able to adapt very quickly. Welcome back to the Subs Kick Podcast. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a full crew this morning. Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and from across the pond, fresh off of a big swim meet, Marie Wattel. What's up, Marie? How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Well, so tell us about this. You just said that you're back home, uh, home, home in the French Alps, yeah? Yeah, so I just um, did the Marseille meet uh, this weekend, and now I've got a week off. So it's good to have some time with my family. Um, it's a bit sunny as well, so it's good because in the UK sometimes I really miss the sun. So, yeah, and then I will go back to the, to the UK uh, next week, just go back to training. Well, give us a walkthrough of last week. You had some big, big moments happening. So, uh, yeah, talk, talk us through the meet and uh, and your results. Yeah, so I don't know if you were a bit aware about the, the qualification um, process in France. It's a bit complicated, but basically um, this meet was the last um, meet to qualify from the first period of qualification. We've got two periods to qualify. And uh, so I really wanted to get my ticket on the 100 fly and on the, on the 100 free as well. Uh, and I had to swim faster than uh, Beryl. Uh, she swam 53.40 and I just I had to swim faster than that to get a ticket because only one girl could get this ticket from the first period mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so um, I had my ticket by eight hundredths of a second so I mean yeah I'm a bit grateful of, of course I don't really like this idea of I take a place from I mean uh, this is this is sport and yeah, now I'm a bit uh, yeah I'm really happy about the fact I managed to qualify on, on both and now I can just focus on the Olympics now. So that's great. Yeah, that's huge. Well, first of all, congrats. We did talk to Beryl and she talked us through kind of this process. Yeah. And so uh, just mm -hmm. as, you know, fans of swimming, we're interested to see, you know, how she comes back and performs in the second round. Um, but that's such a, such a huge step for you. And, you know, I'm curious to know how you having come from, uh, you know, changing training environments, um, you know, making the move to the UK. How have you seen that accelerate your swimming and how do you feel like that has um, shown up in your results this past week? Yeah, so I decided to leave. Uh, I was training in Nice. Uh, so this is where um, we became really friends with Beryl because she was there also. Mm -hmm. And um after the Olympics in Rio, um, I really, I was really disappointed about my results, and I, I realized I wasn't happy uh, when I was training, and I just felt like it was the end. Like I wanted to leave, uh, wanted to leave Nice, but um, also I couldn't really find a place that I wanted to go in France. And it was too late to go to the U.S. because it, I think it, uh, it was in September. I realized that I wanted to leave. So mm -hmm. I think like one week before coming back to training, I was like, no, I don't want to come back. Wow. And so basically what happened is uh, one of my friends, um, she's got both nationalities. She's French and British. 
And I, I saw the results of the British swimming in, in Rio, and I think they did very, very good. And I was like, why, why not going there? Like, I've got nothing to lose. So I sent I send an email to this coach, uh, to Ian. And he, he, I think he was really excited to, to coach me. And I, I don't know, he was really motivated. And that's something I really like. And when I arrived, they really, I think like the... Yeah, the Lovebra, Lovebra University was really motivated um, to to have me. They they were enthusiastic about it, and they, I think they they trusted they trusted in me, and that's what it gave me confidence. And I I, I I felt I had a good support as well. So I think that's why my my results went up year after years because I was just I had a good support. They trusted me. They believed in me, and. I think my confidence went up and um, yeah, this is where I am today. <laughs> well, so I want to know about the university swimming system in the UK because, you know, this is a US-based show and we all swam in, well, John and I swam in college in the US, Luke in Canada, stuff that, but what's the university system like for swimming in the UK? So I don't think it's, it's really strict to compare to the US. I mean, um, that's why this is something I really like as well, because, um, you know, if I want to go back home, I go back home. There is no competition every week as well. There is two big meets. Um, the name is Bucks. So there, there is one in November and one in February, I think. And this is this is important. Um, but I think Loughborough University is really the, the best university for, for swimming and for every sport, I think. So it's not, there is not a big competition, let's, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about uh, the, the system, to be fair. Um, I think they try to replicate what, what is going on in the US, but for now, like, the competition is not as big as in the US, of course, but um, I think it, it's, it's better than France anyway. We've got nothing like this in France, so it's quite good. Yeah, you mentioned the support system. So at, at uni, do you have physios and strength coaches and those types of facilities at your disposal? Yeah, so this is something I've really liked, to be fair. Uh, so we've got, uh, yeah, of course, a strength and conditioning coach, um, which I didn't have when I was in France. We have uh, nutritionist support. We have a physiologist support. Um, uh, well, we have physio. We had physio, but physiologist. I don't know if it's the same word. Yeah. Um, physiologist. Yeah, yeah. And we've got also someone helping us as well for biomechanic. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is, it's really interesting, to be fair, and um, that's something i really like because if i need help on something like i always have someone to contact and they're like really um happy to to help us so yeah it's um it's quite a big team and this is something i i like i really like so are you in school right now sorry are you taking classes are you in school yeah so of course yeah so i'm studying sport management and it's going to be my last year. Uh, I'm going to graduate this summer. So 
this is probably my last year in Loughborough because uh, it's already been five years and I feel like that's the end of it. But yeah, so of course I was studying. Um, I couldn't, I don't think I could, at the beginning, I couldn't train if I didn't represent the university. So I needed to study to train there. And um, But this is something I wanted to do as well. That's why I left France because I... I was missing studying and I really want I really wanted to have this student experience and feel like as a normal student and I think that's why I came to the UK as well. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to say that it was it's interesting hearing your story because when I I swam in Canada and I left Canada in 99 and I moved to London and I it kind of ended my swimming career there. Um I was 24 years old and I found it really hard to find a pool and hard to find a club and hard to find a place and pools are 33 and a third yards long and swimming in the UK just in my mind wasn't as developed from what I found whereas mm. in France it was I mean French nationals I at one point I swam for Canet 66 it, it was mm. it was sort of swimming in France seems so developed in the UK so behind in that period but now 20 years later it's now the UK has really put a lot of funding in they did mm. the lottery system they developed this the, the, the centers in the Bath and Loughborough and um, you know, so could it, and we've seen results, right, in, in the last 10 years for sure. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting how the dynamics we sort of Canada as well. So it, I just, the audience are listening. It's interesting when there's a federal systemic change to, to improve a, a, a sport. You can, it can happen. It takes time, but it yeah. does happen. I am interested in Loughborough a little bit. Um, I'd love to bring up the, the, the training group here. I don't know how accurate this is right now, but explain to us, the audience, the, the situation um, in Loughborough. Um, so from this, it looks like there's four training groups. Um, I don't know how accurate this is still. Oh, right. well, but, but, how, but how does this work out? Yeah, is this, uh, is this accurate? How do you guys train? Is it the same time, different lanes? Uh, do you have to be separate for reasons? Because in the US, some programs are women and men together. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're separate. What yeah, so I think we... I think you've got the the main swimmers. I think we we're missing some swimmers, um, which is they are not probably as high level as those swimmers in the in the graph. But yes, so I'm training with Ian Hume. Mm -hmm. I'm training with Louise as well, mm -hmm. which is uh, very good for me, and I think hopefully good for her as well. Um, so basically, Ian Hume and Andy Manley. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are like the high performance group from the um, from Loughborough University, and it's mm -hmm. completely separate from British swimming. And British swimming, it's Dave and Mel. Um, so we basically we never, almost we never see each other because they got the oh. training times and we've got our training times. And uh, so usually. Ian and Andy, we're training at the same time, but we don't we don't do the same trainings. Uh, yeah, so I'm more in the spring groups, but it's a bit complicated because we've got also Jocelyn Juliet and she's doing 200 breaststroke. Mm -hmm. And then we've got more uh, like long distance swimming and IM group with Andy. But yeah, so it's quite accurate to be fair. Oh, great. That's good. <laughs> good good stocking there luke and i'm surprised you don't want to be doing sets with felix and things like that <laughs> no so, yeah, yeah, it's very accurate 
<laughs> so I guess one thing to clarify, like you said, there's the British swimming group and then your guys's group. So is that purely based off nationality? Um, is, does that have to be separate? And then after uni, like you said, you're studying, you mentioned this might be your last um, time there. Does that mean you won't train there anymore? Or you just won't be doing studies there. So when I arrived, I could not train with British swimming. Like it's really like a, it's a national center. So you can't train if you're not British, of course. Um, and I had to be a student to be in the Loughborough University group. Um, but I think now because they, they realized they got good swimmers that would like to continue after the uni, they're trying to make like a, a pro team as well. But uh, for different nationalities. Yeah. But um, me, I just, um, I, I, I don't think I will do it because uh, I, as I said, I think it's, it's the end for me. Like it was a really good chapter of my life, but I feel like if I need to move on now um, after five years, uh, but it was probably the, my, the best decision of my life to come to the UK and I would never regret it. And, and I'm really happy about this experience, but I just don't want to stay in the, in a university environment, if I'm not a student anymore, I want to be more like in a in a big city and maybe having other projects as well. So that's why I, I would probably leave. So your coach Ian Hume was a teammate of mine at Auburn. Uh, he came and trained with us for a summer under Brett Hawk. Really? Was, uh, I don't remember, maybe 2009, somewhere around that era. and. Uh, and then I saw him again. He was training with Mike Bottom in Michigan, and so he's got some, some, some really strong influences in the sprinting world. Uh, and I've seen how he trained. He was an elite swimmer himself. I'm curious about some of the training that you all do, and uh, what do you feel like are some foundational sets that have led to your success? Yeah. So, firstly, I think something I really appreciate with Ian it's is really like is really adaptable to every swimmers so we don't basically every swimmers have almost a different schedule almost let's say because for example mine is really similar to louis louis anson because we're doing the same events so this is something i really like with him and if i feel for example there is a set i really really would like to do or i feel like would be beneficial for me i think it would make it happen so this is something i really like but basically with ian it's uh i think it's like monday wednesday and friday it's like the key sets so it's race pace fast stuff uh sometimes with a suit um yeah lots of race pace i would say or yeah hard aerobic and then the other days it's more aerobic maintenance technique hard kick as well pull and pull as well um but yeah i think there is a set that we're doing probably yeah two or three times a year a set which i really like um so it's with a, with a suit with a suit on and it's like 32 50s just one on one off uh, best average and usually I do it in fly 
and this is something yeah i really like but quite quite simple to be fair nothing crazy but this is something I'm tr every time i do it i'm i try to compare myself to the last time and try to be to have a better average so i'm quite excited to do it again <laughs> what are the 50s on i think it's on 75 so every two minutes and a half you've got you've got a 50 uh, which at the beginning it's, it's quite easy and at the end like you can feel the, the lactic coming <laughs> and are you trying to focus on back end speed of 100 doing those yeah so yeah well i feel like in in butterfly it's i mean i feel quite easy i feel it's quite easy to hold back in speeds because um well in my opinion because um you know it's usually in a race um your second 15 flight it's a bit slow it's quite slow but um, yeah i'm trying to hold i don't know something like 27 high 28 low so with the turn maybe it would be 29 29 high which which is something i'm 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 aiming for so we will see if it happens one day. Well, that's good you're working on the back half. The ISL website on your profile lists you as a strong starter. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to be listed as a strong finisher, keep doing those 50s. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm working on both. Um, now, yeah, I mean, strong starter. Of, yeah, I don't even know what is really my strength. Yeah, I would say the first 50. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think I need to work on my back end speed there. Yeah, definitely. Good old ISL uh, just descriptions. I remember going through the list early on this year, trying to learn all the swimmers and reading their bios and their events that they're supposedly good at. It was all over the place. Um, but yeah, strong starter. Good, good to hear. So, yeah, um, I mean, if I have to be totally honest with you, I think they sent me the link and I was, <laughs> I think. I would I probably did it myself, and I just I was like, the, the question was like, what is your strength? And we had like four or five options, and I was like, oh. I don't find any of I, any of I don't, I don't even know my strength. So I was like, okay, well, probably strong starter because I'm not a strong finisher. I'm not. I don't know. So. Yeah, so it's my bad, to be fair. <laughs> well, if you didn't know your interests, I'll let you know. Your interests include social life, great coffee, and great restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know Marie for sure Oh, my now. God, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I did it in two minutes. I was like, oh, okay, shit, I need to do it. I'm late. Okay, good coffee, good restaurant. <laughs> Those hobbies are great. Some people were just like, having fun <laughs> this was on the web because i was trying to learn all these people before the events and I, that did not help me learn anyone yeah. or it'd be like main 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 strengths or strengths free yeah. back rest fly and then they <laughs> free and i'm like what oh anyway. yeah i think sometimes we can be a bit lazy but it's hard to like reflect on yourself i think sometimes um yeah, yeah. that's true so. That point here, like you said, filling out like that. So um, yeah. anyway, so, so you did mention earlier that you're taking a week off right now. Um, yeah. Is that a, a week off of everything or just, um, I guess maybe what what is the plan during this week off and then the transition back leading up to the Olympics? Yeah, so a week off 
completely um, no swimming, no gym, no yeah. whatever. Just uh, I need to completely switch off, which is funny because I I think my coach Ian is he said. He says it's a French thing, like we love having weeks off and... No, no, no. Okay, listen, I know, I've seen him, and I know that he knows how to take time off, all right? Okay, that's okay. good. I will, I will <laughs> yeah, I, re I will remember. Um, no, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's important to switch off completely. And, um, I mean, I was, yeah, I was a bit stressed about this um, qualification period and stuff so i think i need just to switch off now and then i will go back to the uk and start a new cycle uh, and then it's going to be i was thinking about it it's going to be everything will come so quickly uh, we've got european champs in may then i will have to do french champs again french trials even if i'm qualified i have to do it and then it's going to be the olympics so it's going to be super quick. I'm really excited about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, now we've got, yeah, maybe two months of hard training and then it's going to be almost only competitions. Yeah, we were talking to Maggie McNeil. She also qualified or pre-qualified for the Olympics like you, but mm -hmm. for Canada. And I don't think she said she had to do trials, but she was going to go do Canadian trials. So why do you have to go do French trials and do you have to do the events that you qualified for? Yeah, I think it's just the rules. Um, if you're qualified on this event, you have to do it at French champs. I think it's just for maybe probably for the media as well. Like if all the best athletes mm. don't do it, for example, if we don't have Florent Manudou uh, at French champs, I mean, only two people will watch French nationals. So I guess we need to... <laughs> We need to get to keep the best athletes. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a funding too, isn't it? At least when I swam, they wanted the more points a club gets at French nationals, the more funding they get from the federation as well, which I found out, which is why they had me come across once just from French nationals, just to get points and funding. Not that yeah. I got any points, but that's why they tried. No, <laughs> no yeah, probably, yeah, of course, like you've got points as well if you make a final or if you have a medal so yeah i think it's important as well to represent my french club because which is uh, your which club is in marseille yeah yeah which is marseille and mm -hmm. because they financially support me as well so i think it's normal as well to of course like the give it back to to them so i mean i'm not really bothered i don't think i will rest i will for sure i will not rest for it but um, i mean it's always fun to to compete anyway, so I'm happy. <laughs> so are, are you a lock for Tokyo? Is this still a second chance where somebody might come and go a 53 low again to beat you? Like, what, like, uh, like, are you, do you have a ticket for sure? It's a golden ticket, yeah. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Are you good? What's yeah, yeah, so now it's for sure, um, okay. which is a bit uh, weird because, for example, uh, in June now, if a girl swims, 53 54 0 let's right. say for example yeah. it's under the fina a cut yeah. and if she wins uh the french title she will go even if beryl for example she's won 53 4 before yeah. like it doesn't matter now if it, now everything starts from zero again so which is a bit weird but 
now it's just uh, you just have to make the FINA A cut and be the, the, the fastest girl, basically. So that's what Beryl has to do now. She has to go to nationals in June and she has to make the FINA A cut and come first. And then she gets to go with you and the two of you become the two qualifiers. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, I think on the 100 fly, I mean, we are only two girls, uh, I yeah. guess. So, but for the 100 free, especially, that's why I'm, I'm a bit released now because we are three girls at 53 low now so it was um it's gonna be a good race i think yeah nice relay too yeah um yeah we we're quite excited about it um yeah, yeah we i think we're looking for we are we've got we don't we're not sure about the the fourth girl now or the fifth um maybe a fifth girl as well but we've got we've got time to to build this relay. Who, who are the girls? Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Well, <laughs> I how, the, how the relay selections worth, um, work because usually, officially at, at US trials, it's the, the top four people, but they always end up taking six in the 100 and 200 yeah. freestyle to do the relay. So is that the same? And yeah, who are some of the other people that are that are on the, on the yes. radar? So I think it's the same. I think so. It's the top four. And if you take off the first girl and you and if we still make the time from the second to the fifth girl then we will bring a fifth girl i don't know if you yep know what i mean so and it's the same uh, if we want uh, six girls to come you need to take up the two fastest time and if they still make the, the fina a time or i don't know which time is it then we will bring six girls uh, it's I don't think it's gonna happen, but um, we never know. Huh? But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because um, I think that is that the IOC rule or or FINA something where you if you make the meet only by the relay, then you have to at least swim the relay, right? If if that's the way that you qualify, you have to you have to swim it, and so there is a risk to the country about you know swimming a swimmer who may not be you know fit and to you know it's it's one thing to to be there as an alternate but it's another thing to be there and to have to represent your country so uh, i don't know if that's exactly what the what the ramifications are of, of a relay only swimmer but i think it might be yeah i think if you if yeah we we can't bring someone who will not swim the relay so they have to swim yeah the, the, the relay was it your question sorry I was trying to. Yeah, no, no, you got it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What What are you going to bring to Tokyo that you didn't have in Rio? So since Rio, you you've made two finals at Worlds. Um, you know, laying three placings, and you've had that experience at Worlds. Now Worlds is not the Olympics, but the Olympics mm -hmm. are a little bit different as well this year. What How are you going into that that you know the ready room? How are you going into hope? You are four years older, five years older. Yeah. Just describe that transition. What What have you learned? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I've got five years of experience now. I think in Rio, I, I wasn't ready. I was just, um, it's crazy when I see girls swimming fast at 15, 16 years old. I, I mean, I think it's crazy because me, I was 19 and I was just, I wasn't mature as, enough. I wasn't professional enough um, and I wasn't confident enough to, to swim fast. And mm -hmm. I think in, in Rio, I really shocked under pressure, like really, really badly. And so, yeah, and I wasn't confident as well. And as I said, I wasn't happy in swimming, like 
few months before that, so it was really complicated. And now with my experience, like I, every time I fail, every time since Rio, every time I had a bad experience, I tried to correct that and I tried to learn from this experience. So um, I've got a, also like a sport psychologist working with me, which is really, really helpful for me because I feel like for me, swimming is 50% the body and 50% the mind for sure. So it was really helpful. And um, so now, yeah, I mean, I've got more experience. Uh, I know how to deal with the pressure, I think. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm still really anxious before my races, but mm -hmm. now I just realized, like for example, this weekend, I just realized that I was, I needed now, I needed this pressure to perform. And if I don't have this pressure now, I'm just like, I don't perform as good as with um, with um, with pressure, which is good. And yeah, I mean, I learned a lot as well in Guangzhou. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great thing. I was lane three in the final at the hundred at the hundred fly. Mm -hmm. Even if I finished um, eighth, you know, I, I now I was able to reflect on it with my sport psychologist and learned and analyzed what happened and what went wrong and why why I wasn't able to to swim faster during this final and why I wasn't able to race race with the other girls. So I think it was, I didn't do it on purpose, of course, but I think it was a really great. I know what is it to be lane free and I know it's more pressure as well. So now I'm gonna, I'm working on it to to accept this pressure and make it work for me. And yeah, I mean, also in the pool, in training, I'm working on my race strategy. I'm working on my technique. I'm working on my turns, my starts. I mean, I'm just more professional in my approach as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we will see what happens. <laughs> yeah, like you said, sounds like you're making a lot of, a lot of the little changes and, like you said, yeah. setting yourself up to be more confident and more prepared for those big stages. Um, I'm, I'm really curious about let's say behind the block, say you're in Olympic final, you're behind the block. What is your behind the block strategy to make sure you are in, in the right place for that race? I think, so I think I will be very, very, of course, uh, I think I, I would be stressed and I would, I would be very stressed and, um, but the, the, the key thing for me, it's like being able to manage this pressure and just stay focused and use all this energy because it's going to be, there is going to be a lot of energy, of course, and use this energy and to make it, to, to make it as a strength for me because I think I'm someone like who can be very emotional. And if I can use this emotional energy in a good thing, if I can transform it in something great, I think it's gonna help me. So, yeah, I think like if I'm in the final behind uh, at the Olympics behind the block, I just want to be like just, uh, um, motivated as hell, with lots of focus and lots of lots of 
eager, I would say. Yeah, I think I would. That's how I would like to be. And of course, I, do, I don't want to choke on the pressure. So this is um, something I'm still working on, of course. But I just want to be able to. I don't want. Well, let's say I don't want to be. I don't want to miss my race because of the pressure. So this is something I want to work. I just want to be at 100 of my potential behind the block and then let's see what happens. But hopefully. <laughs> Marie, you know, listening to your story, um, I reflect on my brother's Can experience. Can you hear me okay? Me back? Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, listen to my brother's experience. Um, leading up to the Sydney Games, he had been to three or four world championships and, you know, all over the place. And he went to the Sydney Games. At the time, it was the largest audience ever at the Games. He swam at 200 free. And halfway during his race, he's like, oh, crap, I need to start racing. He had the worst race of his life. He was so nervous and so overwhelmed by the moment. And he really regretted that swim. And so much that so he made, in fact, make a comeback four years later. And he didn't get that opportunity. When I listen to your story, uh, you know, Rio happened for a reason. Um, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong in Guangzhou, qualifying third and coming eighth. That was there. That was the right thing that happened to you for a purpose. Because you now have that opportunity to do to learn from that. If Rio didn't happen, you would not be in Loughborough right now. You would not have found Ian Hume. You would not have gone to 57-0, right? That was, uh, that was what you needed at that time. And now Guangzhou is what you needed to like, I race Sarah. I saw a world record, I, I saw I saw upset. And I was on a race where the best was upset. So that means that I was right there able to do that. So those things happen for a reason. So I, I'm excited to what those seemingly disappointments, but those are the right things happened at that time for what's gonna happen to you. Because I saw you at the ISL and you were so confident and you were so such, such a leader because you know you're able to be in all of all the main races with the, when the Aussies went. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I see these steps for you and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Just hearing your experience. I, I don't know if you heard that, guys, but. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> when you do visualization, do you picture yourself swimming the 100 butterfly or 100 freestyle or something else? Oh. 100 butterfly for sure. Um, 100, fly, it's, uh, 100 freestyle is quite new. Mm -hmm. But this is something I, I'm, I want to, yeah, I want to, to progress i want to improve my 103 for sure but i mean you know when i was very young it always has been 100 fly i always been a fly swimmer um never been a freestyle swimmers swimmer mm -hmm. and so i feel like i'm i'm probably i'm able to master the 100 fly not not master but i mean <laughs> you know i mean i know exactly if you ask me to go out in 26 eight now i've got it um i made it 100 times well maybe not 100 times let's say 10 times at least so i know how to do it and i think it's in my brain but the connection i made and i know exactly how to do it um in freestyle in freestyle it's really complicated for me to do visualization because i'm not comfortable in my swim i don't feel I don't feel the things now. I don't feel my stroke. Uh, so this is really something I want to work on because, yeah, I need to, I need to, firstly, I need to understand how I swim freestyle and then I will be able to visualize how I swim it. But for now, just because, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm doing visualization, I, 
I'm trying to feel the, the pressure of the water. I'm trying to feel how my body moves. Um, and I'm just not able to do it right now on the 100 freestyle because it, it's quite new for me and I'm discovering the stroke, let's say. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I'm gonna, I want to, to visualize both and hopefully both in, in an Olympic final. And I mean, I think that's my goal now, to make two Olympic final and then we will see what happens. Oh, pretty, pretty good for France's greatest hunter freestyler at the moment, not to, not to really have a good feel for the stroke. I think. No, yeah, I mean, it's, um, <laughs> but one of my best friends, uh, she say I've got spaghetti arms, you know, I'm very, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she say, you will be fine. Just do your, your spaghetti touch to the wall and then it's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> but it's, that's really how I feel. I feel like I'm swimming with spaghettis and I'm just, um, you can see if you watch me, if you're watching me swimming freestyle, you can see sometimes like you don't know what is going on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> now I can understand why your visualizations for freestyle are difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. No, no, but no, I mean, it's good. Honestly, it's, it's the first time now I've been consistent in freestyle because I swam 53.7 in, seven in December. I swam 53.4 in February and 53.3 now. So I feel like now it's consistent. So hopefully, you know, I'm, now I'm, I think I'm creating patterns uh, for the good strokes, uh, so which is good. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I need to work on this. <laughs> well, I guess one of the things that I want to bring up is that there, sometimes there's some freedom in that off event and, yeah. and, and not actually knowing as much about it. And it sounds like, um, you know, for you, this is a positive direction to, to, to like progress in your visualization and have your freestyle kind of come into its own and, and see how that will help it, help it become a lot faster um, even than it is right now. But I know there's there's a lot of athletes. I was one that the third event was one that just I had so much freedom. I thought about it differently. I woke up differently. I ate breakfast differently. Exactly. Uh, like didn't have any sort of the same pressure. But yet, you know, and for me, like in college, that was hundred butterfly, hundred backstroke, and then later the fifty butterfly. They're just events that like they were the off events. But for some reason, there there's also some freedom where you're having more fun behind the block and there's no yeah. pressure. And um, so, you know, I don't know that just um, it's interesting to hear about, you know, the approach to different races. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Because I remember I said to my sport psychologist, I told him, I just wish I could swim 52-0 and 103 just to have less pressure on the 100 fly. Mm. Because then 103 will become my first event and then 100 fly will become my second second event. And I think... I would be more, yeah, more free about it and less pressure and more fun. But it's just, uh, you know, 100 flight always have been my, my first stroke, always since I'm maybe 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but pressure about this stroke. And that's why I'm happy to have 100 freestyle now because um, it's more fun. And, and also, <clears throat> I think, for example, from january to march i worked a lot on my freestyle and i i did less fly and it was good to do something something else for for once you know if spaghetti's working for you so well in freestyle why not try it in butterfly 
What? What? Sorry. Yeah. The spaghetti yeah. arms are working for you so well in freestyle. You know, try a mm -hmm. butterfly. I know. I know. <laughs> Is it raw or cooked spaghetti? Because they're very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. Good. It's too good. <laughs> it's too. No, I mean, I'm hyper flexible. So, and my, I think my wingspan is like more than. I think it said one meters and 92 centimeters. So it's quite, and that's how I feel when I'm swimming. I feel it's too flexible and too long. And I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, I think when you've got, I've got the issues of coordination as well. Um, that's why I, I'm not very good in running and stuff like this. I'm, basically, I'm not good with coordinations. And that's why fly for me, it's more easier because it's two arms together, two kick together. So for, for my brain, it's it's better. So I'm working on this um, dissociate coordination, let's say. Um, so that's why it's more complicated for me. But I'm, I mean, I don't I don't um, complain. I'm very happy about my swimming freestyle, and I, I'm not saying it's not good. <laughs> how, how how are you working on that? Um, the the guy in Marseille who does the Eldoa that Beryl does all the time. Uh, you know, that's quite a, a nice way of dry land. Do you have any particular dry land routines that, that work really well for you, that especially in the last year or two? It doesn't have to be lifting, it could be anything. It could be Pilates, it could be, like, do you do anything specific that you really enjoy and you focus on? Not really. Um, yeah, this is something um, I, I want to develop as well. I want to mm -hmm. develop a routine, I want to, to have like my thing, let's say. Um, I think for now, because because I'm still studying as well. Um, sometimes I just uh, show up to practice and just yeah. do the job, and then I just leave straight after. Yeah. So now I want to. There, there, there is a lot of stuff I want to try. I want to try uh, breathing because yeah. I feel like I'm not very good in. Uh, I box it, I'm not very good, and I panic also as well in training. Uh, I want to, yes, I would like to develop breathing breathing routine. I want to have also my a routine I want to develop for morning finals as well. So this is something I'm going to work on. And uh, then I'm going to start yoga as well uh, in the next few weeks, uh, which is, I'm really excited about. So, yeah, I'm just starting to become more professional about all this, all the stuff apart from swimming, let's say. No, but that takes stuff. a lot of time. I mean, that yeah. takes four hours in the gym. That takes then two hours in rehab or what have you. I mean, you have to be a professional swimmer. So uh, how easy is that going to be for you once you graduate? and say post Tokyo, like, you know, it, it, are, are you funded by, uh, is it uh, sponsors right now? What's, what's the chances of, are you just gonna rely on ISL? What's your thoughts there? Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is something when I was at the ISL, um, I, I realized like how professional the swimmer were. I, I, I mean, I don't have this, yeah, this dry land, this rehab, uh, process uh, and i think this is something i'm really missing can i just yeah close my window because i've got the sun sorry it's blinding you yeah 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 nice and sunny she's not in the uk tell you that <laughs> okay that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all good. Tell us of the, of the warm weather. Whew, I'm feeling better. Sorry. You got some time. I was burning. <laughs> um, no, yes. Yeah, so, sorry. What was the question? The, the, uh, about the, the, the transition to being professional, so you can put the time <laughs> into you as opposed to your studies. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, it it's it takes a lot of time and. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I'm when I'm gonna next year, I think I'm gonna focus more on swimming and find these little details that can make a difference. Because I really believe in in little details that can make a huge difference. So I'm, I mean, I'm now I feel like the, the thing I'm doing uh, quite regularly it's working with my sports psychologist, which I think is a huge part of my performance. But now I want to do other stuff as well to develop my coordination as well mm-hmm. so yeah i need to find something that that suits me and i think every athlete is different what have you learned from the other swimmers in the isl or even down at, at in marseille you swim some of the world's elite that you are not you have adapted to suit you so you you're not going to do a freestyle like flow but have you seen something that adapts to you or made this butterfly you've adapted to you have you picked up anything that you know or even or even what, what you may have seen you know, louise do in practice you know, how what she eats but you've adapted but what have you a couple of things you saw like ah i like that i'm gonna make it marie what what else yeah. <laughs> uh, i think um firstly i think we have a lot of shoulders um strength and stability and stuff like this i, I saw a lot of swimmers doing their own rehab at the isl and they're like they they were looking very professional and very yeah really meticulous about it um and this is something i want to have as well like because i you know i'm every swimmer sometimes my shoulder hurts but i mean i i don't think i'm doing the necessary to make it better um then i think in marseille it's more like in swimming. I'm always um, also in the ISL. I mean, every time I'm training with another coach, uh, I'm learning new drills, and I and I and I keep the one I really like. So now I feel like I've got my I've got plenty of drills. I'm, I'm I've got in my mind, and sometimes I, I when I feel like I need this one or the other one, I can I can switch and and change. So yeah, I think this is probably the two things um, mm. I I learn uh, from the watch from watching others, and also uh, Louise. Yeah, she's uh, probably yeah, more serious than me about rehab um, shoulders as well rehab. Mm. So it's good to to have her. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you have um, what's the coaching dynamic like with Ian and? Uh, have how much control do you have over the program and what type of athlete are you are you the type of athlete who uh listens to the program and shows up and does the work but the coach is the one who writes it or do you as you mentioned as you start to witness these other professional athletes the way that they treat their body they find out the drills that work for themselves as you start to figure these things out for yourself um do you do you feel like independent like you like you own the program um what's the dynamic like with you and your coach 
So five years ago, when I was in France, I was just saying yes, yes, yes to everything. And I was, I couldn't say anything about training or I couldn't even try to talk to my coach. Well, we didn't have very good relationship. But mm-hmm. For example, when I was in France, the year going to, to Rio, I was overtrained and I mean, but in France, in France, everyone is doing the same program. So even if I was overtrained, I had to train 10 times a week, three gyms, even if I was completely, completely dead, you know? And so when I, when I arrived in the UK, first thing my coach asked me, so Ian, he asked me, what do you want to do? What are your plans? What are your goals? What? What is your idea of training? And I mean, I was really a bit shocked about it. I was like, well, that's that's really good. Like, for example, I I said, I don't want to do 200 fly anymore. It was like, okay, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I mean, I was doing 200 fly because my coach told me it was good to to do 200 fly and it was good for the 100 fly. But I always hate, I always hated this race and it was good for me to say, no, I don't want to train anymore for the 200 fly. I want to train for sprint and I want to do more freestyle as well. Um, so this, this is, it was the first time I had my, my words. Um, I had a say to, I, I could say something. And now, but I was quite young. And now, you know, five years later, I'm, yeah, more professional in my approach and I know what works for me. I know what don't. And um, I think now it's more, we really have a discussion with my coach and we can, I can say, okay, I wish I could, for example, I think it was Wednesday morning, we're training early in the morning and I told him, he's not here. Well, because of the COVID, he can't be here. He can't be there. So we have to train on our own. And I said, yeah, I wish I just want to swim long and easy. And I I just want to do this light aerobic, for example. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And uh, I think if I, if I said I wanted to do technique or speed spikes or whatever, he would have said yes. So it's like you own your own program as well. And this is something I really like about it. So let's say Olympics go great. You go best times in both, make top eight in both. You already mentioned that you know there's a lot of transitions kind of coming up after after uh, Tokyo. Where do you see yourself training? What ISL team are you on? And what does it look like for Marie? <laughs> yeah, so sounds a good good program. Um, nice. <laughs> After the Olympics, um, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to leave Loughborough. Uh, I will probably try in Marseille. I will probably train in Marseille because um, I, I want to, I want, I think I want to go back to France um, and try to like settle a, a little bit more. Um, and then ISL team, well, I wish, I hope. London Row is gonna keep. They're gonna keep me, but I mean, as I heard, there is kind of a draft, and to me, to me, the female team uh, probably the best female team, the London Row. 
So uh, I think it's going to be complicated to be to stay on the on the team, but hopefully they will keep me because for me it's it's my favorite team. I I love it and I want to stay with with them. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean, moving to Marseille probably and then represent London World again and then hopefully having good results. <laughs> Your your ISL profile says strong starter. That means one of the world's best sprinters. So the London Royal should be really lucky to have you. That's what it should say, I think. Um, I have a Thank question you for you. COVID. <laughs> um, the, 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 how, we all can imagine how COVID has affected you, especially in the UK, because the UK, Boris, locked down that country big time with the variants. It's been really tough, even to get from country to country, from France to the UK. What are some of the things that we're not realizing how COVID has affected you? You know, um, like we don't realize that McNeil has to go to a two-week quarantine in her room in um, in Canada right now. I don't know um, how has drug testing affected you. Like, like how has has WADA been affected by COVID? Have you guys been impacted by that? How have you had access to all of your support staff, or not as easily like masseuse and stuff as easily? How has that? How have some of the non-critical things that we don't think have affected you of COVID? Well, I think firstly, I think. The, the, the swimmers that will perform the best in Tokyo, that will the, the swimmers that was that were able to adapt very quickly, because I mean, you know, it was difficult for everyone. But I mean, everyone had like different problematic. I think so. I think for me. The biggest challenge, yeah, I mean, I trained in Marseille after the lockdown because I couldn't go back to the UK. So, I mean, I was like, okay, I've got no choice. I'm going to train with another, with another, with another coach. And I, I think I adapt very quickly to that. And then during the lockdown, I didn't have any, I didn't have any, any bike or any gym stuff available so i really tried to make the best of it i did a lot of running um i mean i don't know i did it i tried to adapt every time there were like challenges or something mm -hmm. that was difficult i just tried to make the most of it and i think it's my yeah i mean i think my sports psychologist told me that he, he told me like mm -hmm. you've been able to leave friends so quickly in like two weeks you left friends and you went to the uk and you were able to adapt so quickly to such a big change so maybe this is one of my strengths i'm able yeah, to yeah. to i don't i don't think i ever complained to be fair i mean if someone told tell me now you have to stop swimming for two weeks i will try to make the most of it and find a solution and I think it's with, you know, Sarah Schostrom. She she just broke her uh, uh, elbow, and I mean, but I believe if you, I, I believe she maybe it's a good opportunity for her. I believe every time you've yeah. got something bad that that is happening to you, you can make it uh, to, you can use it to be a better athlete. And as she said, she's working on her lay on her kick and. She dev she's developing something else, and I mean, I'm, I believe in, in, in it. I believe every time you've got something that, uh, every time you've got a big challenge, it's, um, it's an opportunity to get better as well. So that's how I see things. That's right. Kudos. Mm. All right, Marie, we got a few rapid fire questions to close out. 
What's the hardest race in swimming? What is the hardest? What? Oh, race. come on. It's the 200 fly. <laughs> <laughs> 200 fly that you don't do anymore. All right. Olympic gold, yeah. world record, or ISL MVP? Wait, sorry. Can you repeat, please? Olympic gold, would you rather have an Olympic gold medal, a world record, or an ISL MVP? Olympic gold, for sure. In which event? 100 fly. 100 fly. What's your go-to pre-race meal, and is it French food? No, I mean, I think it's uh, basic stuff. No, nothing really exciting, I would say. Rice, uh, chicken, and spinach. Something I don't really like, but I mean, I think something very basic. But if you ask me post-race, I would say pizza um, or burger. <laughs> <laughs> but not, but not pre-race. <laughs> so, if, so if you do leave Lockroar and go to Marseille, is is that the best training pool in the world? I mean, it's it's a nice pool. I don't know if it's the best, but it's really nice pool, and I think they are really lucky to train there because I don't know if you've seen pictures, but it's it's amazing environment. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have for keeping a suntan while training in the UK? Wait, what? <laughs> what, what? What advice do you have for keeping a suntan while training in the UK? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm really disappointed about this lockdown. It's usually I just go and do fake tan. <laughs> 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 Which is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm doing UV, UV long. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> all right the last one is you gotta give us <laughs> you, have to, you have to give us your best london roar oh no i'm so bad with it <laughs> i can't say it i can't say it but i'm gonna get um i'm gonna say you it. Sing it is it this wait what sorry what's it is it this is this yeah <laughs> london roar <laughs> Uh, thanks so much, Marie, for hanging out. We look forward to watching you this year coming up in the Olympics. So, thank you very much. All right, that's it for the Social Kick podcast, and we'll see you all later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Social Kick Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website at thesocialkick.com.